Great. Thank you, Dave. Morning, everybody. Um, yeah, as Dave said, my name's Paul. I'm one of the elders here at Jubilee Church, and it is my great privilege to get to preach this morning, continuing our series, Prioritising God's Presence, Prioritising His Presence. So last week, we began looking at this topic of the Sabbath, and we're going to continue and finish it this week. So last week, we looked at what the Sabbath meant in through the Old Testament, and we saw that the Sabbath day had deep, rich meaning for the nation of Israel, that it had at least four layers of meaning from the creation story in Genesis 1 and 2. And then we looked a little bit at how the Exodus story seems to sort of build on these different layers of meaning. So first of all, then as a quick recap, we saw that the um, Sabbath day was a day of liberation, celebrating a day of liberation in Genesis. Um, it was about creation being liberated from the kind of darkness and chaos that the Bible opens with into flourishing and life. And then we saw from the Exodus story that it remained a day of celebrating liberation. Only now it was about celebrating liberation from slavery and uh, God's command to his people was really that they were to now live this out by treating everybody in their society as an equal, celebrating the day together as a community of equals. Next, we saw that it was a day of perpetual flourishing. Um, and after the Exodus story, that this was then to be lived out in the context of a human society. And it was a day, therefore, about community and generosity flourishing together as a human society. Next, we saw that it was a day of recognizing and enjoying the gifts and provision of God, that it was a, a day, whenever it's spoken of, that, that belonged to God, was given to his people as a gift and was therefore a, a day to stop. It was a day about uh, trust and humility, considering that I'm not really in control ultimately of my life. Even my time doesn't belong to me. I don't provide for me for myself. God does. And so it was a day to pause, to consider God and his sustaining power and his gifts in our lives. And then fourthly, we saw that it was a day about co-ruling and reigning with God, which you could legitimately call extending a kingdom. And we saw from the after the Exodus story, the beginnings of God's radical views on and heart for the poor and for social justice. We said that baked into this Sabbath day were themes of equality and honour for all people, no matter their social position or status. And then we also quickly looked at um, how this day had sort of two elements to it. It was a day for remembering, remembering what God had done for the nation of Israel in liberating them from slavery and other things. But also it was a day of looking forward to the promises that God had given them that one day all of creation would be restored to its blessed Genesis 1 ongoing Sabbath-like position right, where God would one day put all things right again. So not only was the Sabbath day a day full of rich meaning, but it was also a day pregnant with prophetic promise that one day God would restore all things to this ongoing Sabbath like position that we saw at the end of the Genesis 1 and 2 creation story. So this week we're going to look at how Jesus viewed the Sabbath and therefore what, if anything, it might mean for us today as those who live after Jesus. Because we know that 
Jesus is a game changer for how we understand and relate with the law of God as it was given in the Old Testament. Not because Jesus got rid of the law or came to abolish it, but in his words, that he fulfilled the law. But what does that mean when it comes to the Sabbath day then? And what is our relationship to it now? I just want to read a few verses from Mark chapter 2. This is one of many stories that we could have looked at in the Gospels of how Jesus relates to the Sabbath. And what we'll see is that Jesus seems to relate a little bit differently to the Sabbath compared to those around him. So Mark chapter 2 verses 23 to 28 says this. One Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God, the temple, during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man, which is a title Jesus adopted as his own, so he's talking about himself. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So Jesus didn't seem to treat the Sabbath in quite the same way as other people did around him and he seemed often to get in a bit of trouble for it it was almost like he was doing some of this stuff on purpose to make a point you regularly see him doing things like this approving of things that others would have deemed unlawful to do on the sabbath day implying that others hadn't necessarily fully grasped the full meaning of the sabbath day or you see him some often choosing to heal people on the Sabbath day in front of the scribes and the Pharisees, almost deliberately to make a point. Well, what is that point? Well, I think we just said it. It's because Jesus came to fulfill the law. And when it comes to the Sabbath, then it means that he came to fulfill everything that the Sabbath stood for and pointed towards. Remember, it had this pointing forwards in faith element to it, that God would one day put all things right again, back to the position of rest and flourishing that had been lost in the Garden of Eden, back to the position of inviting humanity to rule and reign with him over creation once again, leading it forwards into life and flourishing, reliant on and enjoying the gifts of God in creation and in his presence. Back to the point where it's like every day is like a Sabbath day. This was, as we saw last week, the kind of poised position that creation was in at the end of the Genesis 1 and 2 account. And the promise of God was that he would one day restore all things somehow back to this position. Enter Jesus. Enter the one who began all this work as one man in the middle of time. Enter the one who came not to do away with the law or the Sabbath day, but to fulfill it. Enter the one who therefore fulfilled everything that the Sabbath day was about and pointed forwards to in faith. Well, how? Well, let's look again at each of those layers of meaning that we looked at last week that the Sabbath day had for the Israelites. And then we'll think about how Jesus fulfilled each of these layers of meaning and therefore what the Sabbath day stood for and was pointing towards. 
So firstly, as we said, we said it was a day of liberation. After the Exodus story, it was a day of celebrating liberation liberation from slavery that God said to this community that they were to live it out by treating everybody in their society as an equal he said like on this day there was no master or slave no native or foreigner on this day they were to celebrate it together as a community of equals well how has Jesus fulfilled this well it is through Jesus that we have been liberated fully and completely from our slavery to our ultimate enemies, sin and death. Jesus has created a brand new humanity who together as his church are a community of equals where the Apostle Paul says there is no male or female, no Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, not just on the Sabbath day, but in Christ every day and one day Jesus is coming back and all of creation will be liberated, will be set free and brought into the glory that this new humanity already gets to enjoy in Jesus. Next, we said that it was a day of perpetual flourishing. And after the Exodus story, that this was lived out in a human society, a day for community and generosity. How has Jesus fulfilled this? Well, Jesus has already begun the new creation life of flourishing in his resurrection and by giving his spirit and in his ever extending kingdom. Similarly to the Israelites, this new creation life of flourishing is currently expressed through a human community called the church. But this community is called to continually reach outside itself, extending community and generosity to everyone around them. And one day all of creation will be brought into this new creation, resurrection, life and flourishing in the presence of God. Thirdly, we saw it was a day of recognising and enjoying the gifts and provision of God, that the Sabbath day itself was a gift from God to his people. It was a day of pausing, of trusting, a day of recognising my time is not my own. I'm not in control. I'm not the one who provides in me. God does all these things. How has Jesus fulfilled this? Well, Jesus is the ultimate provision and gift of God, meeting humanity's deepest needs through sheer and undeserved grace. Now it is not just our time that we recognise as not our own, but our very selves, as we are no longer our own, but have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. We are those who are completely reliant on the ongoing grace, which means gift, of God in our lives who has promised to supply all our needs ultimately in Jesus. And finally, we saw it was a day of co-ruling and reigning with God. Uh, and a day after the Exodus story that where we saw the beginnings of God's radical views on the poor and social justice that in this, this day was about themes of equality and honour for all people, no matter their social position or status. Well, how has Jesus fulfilled this? Well, in Ephesians 2, it says that we have been raised with Jesus and seated with him at the right hand of the Father. We are those who have therefore been restored already to the position of co-ruling and reigning with Jesus. And we are called to use this position of authority to extend his kingdom in all the earth with a particular emphasis on care for and the lifting up of the poor, pouring out honour and radical sacrificial love on all people, no matter their social position 
or status. Do you see how Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that the Sabbath meant, that it stood for, that it pointed forwards to? The Sabbath day was pointing forwards to Jesus. The promises of God that he would put all things right again one day are completed in Jesus. It's happened. Yes, we're waiting for the day that Jesus returns and everything is brought into completion, but actually it has already happened. It is finished, Jesus declared on the cross. Jesus is like, look, you want to observe the Sabbath day? You want to keep a Sabbath? I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I'm what the Sabbath is all about. Rest, liberation, the presence and promises and provision of God. That's me, says Jesus. And there's so much more that we could look at and talk about if we had the time. Sadly, we just don't. I, I do just want to touch on what this what does this therefore mean for us? Well, I honestly believe that it means that you are free to observe a Sabbath day if you want to. If it helps you to prioritise the presence of God, of God in your life, then go for it. But it also means, I believe, that it, you are free not to. Because Jesus has fulfilled everything that it stood for and given it to us as a gift in himself. We can now live every day as if it was a Sabbath day, which seems to be how Jesus lived when you read the Gospels, because for us, actually, it kind of is. And one day will be perfectly once again. If you do want to observe a Sabbath day in some way, then I do just want to give a couple of pointers and also just one word of caution. My main advice is that, as I hope we've begun to see in these two weeks, the Sabbath in the Bible is is rich and deep in meaning. There are so many layers of meaning to it. And so if you're gonna practice it in some way, then I wanna encourage you to give it some thorough thought. Don't make it too narrow. If I'm honest, and I wanna say this humbly, what John Mark Homer presents in The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, I think could be said to be too narrow an application for the Sabbath day consider all its meaning. It seems to me that for the bit of the story that we live in, it would be just as fitting on a Sabbath day to turn your phone off and to have a day of quiet contemplation and worship of God, or to have a party with some friends, to break bread, to take a walk in some beautiful countryside, to go snowboarding on a beautiful mountain, which is what I would choose to do each week if I could to hit the streets and pray for the sick, to take food to homeless people, to run Motorfest, or a host of other things. Because all of these are different expressions of enjoying God's gifts and provisions to us, or are about extending his kingdom, which to me is what the Sabbath day is all about through the whole Bible, and are therefore the most appropriate things to do on a Sabbath day in the context of the story as a whole. So if you want to observe a Sabbath day, great, go for it, but give it some thorough thought. Consider all of its deep and rich meaning, and that should give you a, a scope for a whole host of a variety of ways that you can practice and celebrate the Sabbath day. My note of caution is, and again, I want to say with this with humility and with grace, in elevating the wisdom of Sabbath, we don't want to unwittingly elevate the nuclear family to a position that I don't believe it's supposed to be in. If what we all end up doing is just switching off our phones one day a week, which whether we intend to or not in the world that we live in can act as a bit of a do not disturb sign, 
And if we just enjoy the day with our immediate family, then I think we're in danger of elevating the nuclear family to a higher position that it, than it's supposed to be in, which in time could work against us in different ways. If that's all we did, then what about those in our community who don't have or don't live with a nuclear family? What about those in our community for, for whom the nuclear family is not necessarily a good experience? It's just a note of caution. It could be an unintended pitfall that I could see happening that I think we would all want to avoid. There may well be wisdom in turning your phone off sometimes and, and observing the Sabbath in that, in that way. That's all good. But as I hope we've begun to see, there is an awful lot to it in the Bible. Sadly, I'm out of time. There is loads more that we could talk about. I'd be well up for continuing the conversation with anyone who's interested or who would find it helpful. But that is also what our small groups are all about. And uh, so I hope that this fuels some interesting conversations and discussions in your small groups. And I'd be interested to hear how you get on. To finish, I would love just to pray for us uh, before I hand back to Dave and Kath. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are Lord of the Sabbath. Thank you that you came to fulfill all of the law and give it to us as a gift in yourself. Thank you that you have fulfilled everything that the Sabbath day was about. That it was about rest and liberation and the provision of God. And that is who you are and who you have been given to us as. Lord, I pray for us as we consider this theme of the Sabbath and maybe observing it in different ways. Lord, I pray that it would that it would be a gift to us, that it would grow our worship individually and and communally together, that it would be that it would grow our joy in who you are and in what you've done for us, that it would grow us together as a family. And uh, Lord Jesus, I pray, therefore, that you would give us wisdom and insight as we consider it, as we discuss it, as we think about it going forwards, because ultimately we, we only want to do things that help us prioritize your presence. That is what you're calling us to. That's what we want to do. So would you help us in your name, Jesus? Amen.